You've tuned in to the App Show Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Agarbo. On today's program, we'll be uh, covering a few different topics. Apple threatening to remove FaceTime and even iMessage from the UK if the UK government goes ahead with passing a bill that uh, they're trying to clamp down on security. It basically would allow the government to read encrypted messages, have a backdoor to messaging programs like iMessage, and Apple will not have any part of it. Uh, We will also be chatting about AI again, of course, ChatGPT. There's uh, a new feature built into the Plus version that will allow ChatGPT to get to know you a little bit better. So instead of having you to tell it stuff again and again because it forgets every time you use it, you can uh, actually have it learn more about you. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, we'll explore that. Maybelline, the uh, the beauty company, they've got some new AI filters for Microsoft Teams. You can actually have makeup put on your face during your Teams video call. Uh, we'll uh, explore how that all works. And finally, our best travel tech hacks. How to save money when booking travel and also some uh, things you can do with the existing tech to make that trip just a little bit smoother. Let's get started. Our show is all about uh, the world of apps, whether it's smartphones, TVs, or cars. Apps control everything now. We'll also uh, dive into the world of mobile technology as well. And we've got uh, a fun program today. We are going to be talking about Apple threatening to remove FaceTime and iMessage in the UK if the UK government goes ahead with their plan to institute a new security bill. And it's important that you stay tuned for it because if they can make that happen in the UK, it's only a matter of time before that domino falls in other Western countries. It's it's an important privacy issue. We will also be talking about our best travel tech hacks, using some of the tools you have already to make uh, traveling a little bit uh, easier and some ways to save some money as well using uh, you know our favorite apps and websites. Uh, Gray, let's uh, get into some of the uh, the app and mobile news now. And this is uh, interesting. This has been uh, an ongoing uh, story. Netflix, uh, like some of the other streaming services out there, looking to make more money. It's gotten very competitive in the streaming space. Netflix still kind of the number one player out in the, the market. They have been kind of messing around with their, their different uh, rate plans and also have cracked down on password sharing. I think... Um, the password sharing, they've killed it worldwide now, Great, right? just happened in India too. So no longer will you be able to have an account and share your password with friends and family that don't live in your house. And <sighs> when, when we first heard about this, uh, we were thinking, okay, where, where can this go? A lot of, lot of people thought Netflix is dead. Everyone's going to leave Netflix. You know, it's, it's garbage what they're doing. But Gray, it turns out they're making more money now. Because <laughs> if you want to share your account, you can pay extra to add some uh, some users. And they they did not have the the churn that everyone was expecting, like people dropping off. They actually increased subscribers. I think people are just too lazy to quit. Is it that, or is they're just you know they're they're the eight hundred pound gorilla like? They've got most of the content. Why would you want to leave that? Yeah, and then the, the the pain of leaving and coming back if you need to, it's just, eh. 
So also in the news this week, it looks like they have now, when we're talking about Netflix, they've axed their their basic ad-free plan in the U.S. and the U.K., which they've already done in Canada. So basically the three plans now are the premium version. Uh, I have that. You get more users, um, sorry, more uh, streams. You get 4K. Um, You can actually download the shows to your mobile device. There's also the standard version, which is kind of right in the middle. And now they have standard with ads. So they don't have like a basic base, you know, like a, a, a bottom version anymore. The bottom version is one that has ads. Yeah. I don't think I can go back to ads. I, I'd rather cancel than, than have ads personally. But it's interesting, right? Because the basic version they had before without the ads it, it was almost the same price in, in most countries. Do you know what I mean? Like kind of in that 6 $7 range. Yeah. And I mean, smart on their part, right? Because if you hate ads that much, you got to now go up to the next one, which is like depending what country you're in, anywhere from 15 to $17, right? Yeah. Ready, ready was on the wall for sure. Which version do you have? Uh, I've got the 4K version because I have a 4K TV and I'm bad with money. It's not that bad though. What what's it with tax and everything? Thirty three bucks? bucks. Yeah, it gets up to yeah. thirty near thirty bucks, right? With tax. And yeah, everything. so twenty seven ish. I mean, that, like I said, my parents are still using my the accounts with the same password, so it seems to be okay. You know, they don't watch that much though. I think that's. I think it's we're just we're, we're not a, a bothersome family for Netflix, so they're not coming after me just yet. Yeah, so I think in Canada the uh, the the standard package with ads is I think five ninety nine, so six bucks from what I I recall. That's not bad. Yeah, get a few ads. Yeah, well, yeah, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I'd rather buy this shoes on iTunes or yeah. Okay, I think if you do any type of uh, remote work, you've probably used Zoom or Microsoft's version Teams. We use Teams all the time at work, Gray. It's a video conferencing tool where we can share screens and see each other. But sometimes you don't always look your best on that call. Well, it looks like Microsoft uh, is teaming up with Maybelline. (laughs) Have you seen this? Maybelline uh, has got some AI-powered makeup filters. They're adding 12 AI-powered digital makeup looks for team enterprise users to apply during meetings. So basically you'd go to your settings, pick one of the 12 options there and in a click, it'll automatically make your face up. So you're telling me that I went through the entire process of learning how to do my makeup during the pandemic and buying all these products and they're gonna do this for me? You are wasting money, my friend. (laughs) Microsoft, Microsoft has solved the world's problem with makeup. You know, you know, be perfect for this is you could actually like click on the look and then add all of those products that got you that look to cart. It's interesting though. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's some incredible filters. Like if you ever kind of mess around with the filters in some of these different programs, you can do some really amazing things, but at a certain point it kind of gets distracting, you know, like for a business call. Do you know what I mean? Like there's sometimes you could put like a, kind of like a computer generated cat on your head. Like I've been in yes. meetings with that. And I'm like, it's funny at first, 
you know what I mean? Like, oh, for the first couple of minutes, everyone laughs. It it gets a little weird when they keep that on <laughs> during the entire yeah. call, like the cat on their head. But I I think this will be I I think this will be popular. I think uh, you know Maybelline's pretty good with the, you know rolling out these kind of uh, tech innovations. Like I'm 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 impressed. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on to another story. You are tuned into the app show. We're going through some of the app and uh, mobile uh, news. Everyone and their dog is, uh, you know, especially at work, using ChatGPT. It's a large language model. It's a tool that uh, can do amazing things. Write emails, business plans, write code, essays. But is it getting dumber over time? So they've done this one study now. And ChatGPT4, which is one of the versions, according to this one study, is saying that it's getting significantly dumber over time. Yes. And this is done by researchers from Stanford University and UC Berkeley. And they analyzed the different um, chat chatbots, AI tools that were out there, including ChatGPT4, uh, which we're talking about, but also version 3.5. Um, the Bing chat version and they asked it different math questions and, and, and what have you and they're finding it was getting less accurate not more accurate less accurate and I guess how these you know these language models work is that they're learning and as people are using it they're using that information to kind of beef up I guess their intelligence so is it humans making these things dumber now? I, I think so I think exposure to people is making AI dumb. And that's kind of hilarious. <laughs> that's kind of scary. That humans yes. are making a computer more stupid. Well, so this is why Skynet doesn't happen is because we are actually making it too dumb to actually win. This is the best best case scenario. So it's interesting because uh, other versions of ChatGPT, like the version before 3.5, um, did did not have the same issue as version four. So they still can't really explain why this is happening. They, they'd have, they have to do more research, but it, it just brings up, you know, an, an important thing here. These tools are, these tools are fantastic, but they're not always right. You, you have to, <laughs> you have to check your homework. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like if you're using these tools and you know, you're using it to put different types of facts and things in like that. You have to double check that stuff. Yes. Because it, it basically could, could be wrong. Still lots uh, to talk about on today's program, including our best travel tech hacks, how to save some money and uh, some of the things you can do using the tech you have to make your traveling just a little bit smoother. We have spoken about this next topic uh, in a, a previous show, and it's uh, kind of bubbling up a little bit more now. Uh, over in the UK, they are looking to update uh, their 2016 Investi Investigatory Powers Act, a law that governs how security agencies can interfere with privacy to obtain information. So Apple, who uh, I guess would be greatly affected by this, is hitting back now saying that if this were to come through they would not comply and they would remove services that 
the government would want to have access to, including iMessage and FaceTime, which are two huge features of Apple iPhones that people use. So the idea is that the UK government wants to have access to people's information, their messaging, if they have some issues with security or terrorism or, uh, I guess, child pornography. A lot of these messaging programs now, like iMessage, are what's called end-to-end encryption, meaning that it's very, 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 very difficult to actually crack that and, and see, I guess, the, the messaging going back and forth. I haven't even really heard of people cracking it. Great. Yeah, and then Apple actually has a number of systems in place to let you know that um, if governments have been requesting access to to some of these things, um, they've they've bet so much on security. Apple has um, because you know, personal security, personal privacy are so important to them that I don't see this as an unusual move. This is this is right on brand for them, basically saying to governments. Absolutely not. You know, we saw this happen with uh, BlackBerry in India, um, where basically there was a game of chicken and BlackBerry lost. They flinched. Um, I don't know that Apple is going to flinch here. I think that uh, the, 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 the government in the UK, it, it really does always feel like the, you know, the country that gave us 1984 is looking to give us 1984. Um, it, it's so frustrating to look at this and say, okay, there are so many investigative methods that you could use. And there are legal ways to go about getting access to some of these things. Um, and, you know, when it comes to end-end encryption, so you don't have access to these messages, that's that's life. You know what? Investigators, are, they're, they're talented, they're good people, they can do without this. I don't know. It's tough, right? Uh, the UK is a pretty big surveillance state when you think about it. Like, when you look at their use of um, CCTV, closed-circuit TV, they, I mean, there are cameras everywhere in the UK. If you watch any UK cop show, that's the only way they solve crimes now. Something happens, the first thing they do is pull the CCTV footage. <laughs> and nine times out of ten, they've solved the crime, right? So it would be a big deal if this law were to come to pass and Apple actually pulled those, like iMessage and FaceTime. People would be furious. But what what recourse would they have? I, I mean, at this point, talk to their MPs because that's that's exactly what this is designed to do. You know, you don't get to have this thing because your elected officials decided that they wanted your privacy to be weakened. Uh, it's it's not a strong argument for the MPs. And you know, as far as the the child um, abuse images, that's something that actually already happens, and I don't think people realize that. Like these tech companies are already scanning. Um, messages and what have you for those types of images. Yeah. There, there was a whole brouhaha about the way that CSIM was being handled. And actually, the way that Apple has gone about doing it is an incredibly effective privacy-maintaining system that also can aid the police in, in catching folks that are um, they're committing these crimes. So looking at it, it's just like... Sometimes it, it sounds like the, the the folks who are looking to degrade our privacy kind of throw out the what about the children? It's like, no, no, actually, we've got that covered. Yeah, it's <laughs> already paying happened. attention. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's sorted. It's already happening. And again, most people don't know that. But, you know, back to this this new bill in the UK, if it happens, 
you got to know that every other government <laughs> it's like we got to do that too and so where does yeah. it where does it end like our i mean our privacy is already so eroded like this is just kind of another nail in the coffin to our privacy or what was our privacy good for apple for standing up for us so if they do pull iMessage and things like FaceTime I, I know people are listening well I'll just go to Android but Android Google they've got the same problem their messaging programs end and encrypted as well yeah and I mean look, looking at things like this even things like signal you know and end encryption this is almost like trying to fight the internet and I don't think that the UK government actually has the, the capability of, of making this work. Um, essentially, you know, we'll, we'll see, I think, again, a game of chicken, but I don't think Apple's going to blink on this. But how, okay, I know you feel strongly about this, but how do they crack some of these things now? Because in the, in the past, they could tap phones. They could, you know, intercept mail, you know, physical mail. Every all communications digital now. I mean, those tools are just gone. Like they can't intercept physical mail anymore because there isn't any. <laughs> no one, no one's writing mail anymore. You know, it, it's interesting because we, we take a look at all of the hallmarks um, that we leave online, the, the the tracks that we leave through cyberspace, um, the websites that we visit, the cookies that we acquire onto our, our our devices. Messaging is one small part of that, and so being able to track what someone is doing, who they're meeting with, um, you know, where they're going, why they're doing things, um, even using AI to to analyze behavior and analyze uh, just different factors about someone, we see this already. Like Gmail does a phenomenal job of figuring out what I need to buy next. Um, looking at how my pattern of behavior informs what it is that I do, the police have this and more. Messaging is just the icing on the cake. Messaging is the thing that helps them get the conviction. Really, at, at this point, you know, there are so many other tools in the toolbox that trying to say we absolutely need this one piece. Hmm. Do you though? I'm I'm torn, Gray. Like I I want my privacy. Um, the problem I have is if they force these tech companies to put in back doors, you know what happens then. Those back doors are instantly available to every criminal on the planet. Right? But <laughs> no they'll, they'll argue, no, no, it'll be very secure. But that's complete garbage. <laughs> like the second there's any back door, the hackers are going to be all over that in like the yeah. biggest way. Yeah. Because then it's just like, <laughs> you're shining a spotlight on on where to, to basically attack. Yeah. So I'm... Uh, I don't know what the answer here is, but I'm I'm just feeling that uh, there, there's got to be a, a different way, and and I hope it doesn't get passed. My my gut tells me though it probably will, and I think that's not a good thing for for free speech uh, for a democratic society either. We're gonna chat about our our, our favorite travel tech hacks now. And uh, this is everything uh, from some of the different gadgets uh, that we like to use uh, or just using some of the stuff we have to make things a, a little bit uh, easier and some ways to save money uh, as uh, as well. Let's uh, talk about just kind of booking the stuff uh, to begin with, uh, Gray. When you book travel, what, what do you use? 
That's a great question. I mean, it depends on where I'm going. You know, if I'm flying back to Ontario to see my parents, typically I, I go right to the airline site because I've been flying with Swoop, RIP, and Flare because uh, cheap tickets are cheap tickets. Uh, you know, if I'm if I'm looking at something more extravagant, uh, it, it tends to be through you know, some of the the bigger sites, right? You yeah. know, your um, I can't th- can't think of the name of them right now. <laughs> well, like Expedia or FlightHub yeah. or or places like that, Kayak. Um, yeah, there, you know, there's different ways to save a, a bit of money. One interesting thing that I've learned is that uh, people are using VPNs to get cheaper flights. And what's happening is when you go to some of these sites like Expedia, they put cookies into your computer. They know that you've been there and they can basically work the price because of that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you use a VPN, then they don't know where you're coming from. So some people are, are using a VPN, a virtual private network to basically mask their computer and the location and signing into Air Canada, for example, on their India site. And a lot of times they can get cheaper flights if they book through another country's airline website, if that makes sense. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's also convoluted. It is. Uh, so some travel sites I use, uh, I use Expedia. I also use Google Flights. Uh, that's been uh, very successful for me as well. I always use the incognito mode on the browser as well, uh, just so they don't know it's me. Uh, I find sometimes... Um, the price is actually different. I don't, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like if I just use my regular browser and then I go in incognito or I use a VPN, I'll get different pricing. Uh, not hugely cheaper, but cheaper. No question. Uh, another website that people use, you got to use it um, cautiously, skiplag.com. Have you heard of this? I have, yeah. So this is uh, a website and uh, I guess a tactic that some travelers have learned to save money on flights by by booking, I guess, uh, a multi-stop flight. So if they want to go to uh, from Vancouver to New York, they will uh, they will book sometimes a flight that has a third stop, like after New York, like maybe it goes down to Miami after, and for some reason that flight's cheaper, so they'll book that. and 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 websites like Skiplag help you do that. They they can help find those flights. Uh, and people will basically just do the first part of that flight. They'll just go to New York and not get on that that next flight to Miami to complete the flight. Crazy. <laughs> the airlines do not like that. Like, they hate they, it. Yes. They'll actually um, sometimes take you off the flight if they know you're doing that. They will ban your um, airline account, you know, your frequent flyer account, things like that. So it is a way to save money, but use it uh, cautiously. Okay, let's uh, talk about uh, some things, uh, you know, before you travel. Uh, one thing that you mentioned uh, before uh, we started talking about this, Gray, is actually make sure all your stuff's charged <laughs> before you get going, which surprisingly, there, uh, many times I have not done that properly. There, there's nothing worse than getting onto a flight that you're going to be there for several hours. The power adapter in your seat does not work, and you are at 10% power with a low power notification, low power notification coming on. It's... It's a bad time. And you would, I'm not surprised at how often the power outlet does not work on my seat. It's like shockingly high <laughs> that the USB port or or the actual plug outlet, if they have one under the seat, does not work. It's dead. Yeah. And so then you're dead. 
and you get to your destination and your smartphone doesn't work, which sucks because a lot of times you need your smartphone to use as a GPS or book uh, book an Uber. So again, make sure your stuff uh, is, is charged before you go. Uh, another good tip is before you leave, take photos of all your important documents. I, I, I do this in the notes app. Do you? Yeah, so this is, this is great. The Notes app on iOS is fantastic because you can scan documents and actually get a high-quality scan, um, and you can lock your notes as well. Yes, so people can't go in there and get your passport number and things like that. Yeah. But it's handy, like because if you lose your documents, then at least you have a digital version that... Um, I don't know how well, I don't know how valuable that is, Gray. Like, they're not going to take a digital version of your passport. I don't know, but... At least you'd you'd have that um, that information. Uh, get get uh, a digital boarding pass. Makes it easier. Yeah. Uh, pretty well. Most of the airlines out there will allow you to download a, a digital version to things like your Apple Wallet, and it's handy. I love it because it's it's also updates itself. Do you know what I mean? Like if there's any delays or anything like that, it will let you know on your phone. If the flight's no, going to be delayed three hours, it'll pop right up on your home screen. So, so cheaper airlines don't necessarily have those features. But what you can do is take a take the digital image of the boarding pass that they send you, and make that your lock screen. Yes, nice and quick to get through. I do that. Um, I don't know if they have digital boarding cards yet, but uh, Allegiant Airlines down in the U.S. Yeah, I just take a um, a screenshot of the little QR code and uh, use it on my lock screen. Works quite well. Another really good app that I I, I like um, is TripIt. Have you used that? I'm not, no. It's it's pretty cool because it really helps um, organize your travel. Um, you install that app and then it kind of monitors all of your your emails and helps create your itinerary. Because yes. like your Airbnbs and your flights and everything will, will come in there and it just it, it just knows and basically in the app will will just organize it all for you. It's like magic. Nice. Check it out. Okay, we're talking about uh, some of our favorite uh, tech travel hacks. Uh, I think we both do a lot of uh, traveling and we've used technology over the years to make it uh, a little bit uh, easier. Uh, Another thing is uh, bring some power banks, some extra USB-based batteries to power things like your smartphone and and your tablet. I always carry one for sure in my laptop bag and I can't tell you how often I've used it. Yeah, it's, it's been fascinating how useful these things really are. But and also now with uh, iPhones, this is uh, another thing. All the latest ones, I think from uh, eleven, is it eleven or twelve onwards? Uh, they've got the MagSafe on the back. It's like that magnet, that magnet on the back of the iPhone. There's all sorts of really, really cool batteries that just kind of magnetically attach to that, and so it just makes it like a hundred times easier to to carry that extra battery and just kind of snap it onto the back of the the iPhone. Yeah, when, I've got the Apple branded one. I've had a couple other uh, models that worked. They, they were magnetic, but not MagSafe. And so that's one thing I would say is make sure you get one that is MagSafe compatible. Uh, if you're using an iPhone, far better experience rather than sort of the weak magnets that kind of held on to the uh, batteries that I've had. Talking about uh, our favorite uh, travel tech hacks here on the App Show. I guess the big one that's really made news over the past year, Gray, uh, would have, have to be digital tags to track your belongings. And I think Apple with their Apple AirTag really uh, kind of popularized that. 
because people are basically sticking these air tags in their luggage to find out uh, where their luggage was going. They might be traveling to New York, but uh, their bag is in Boston. It, it's surprising how how cool and how well these things have worked. I've, I've got a bunch of air tags. I absolutely love them. I swear by them. Um, and to be honest, you know, I can't find my wallet to save my life on any given day, but with an air tag, it's always with me. The nice thing as well is you'll be able to see if you've left something behind in the airport, right? You left your bag, you know, and you're walking away from it. On your phone, you can get a notification that's saying, hey, you left this behind. Which is, <laughs> I have left my bag behind in an airport before, uh, surprisingly. So it would have been nice. Um, I would have got uh, an alert a little earlier than, I, I got pretty far from the airport <laughs> before I, I, I realized <laughs> this. And actually, you picked it up for me. This was in Toronto. Do you remember this? I left it in uh, the car rental place. I do remember this, yeah. Yeah, I I got my car, walked out to the car. I had one of those rolly bags and got in the car and just drove away and left my rolly (laughs) bag there. And you had to drive in from Waterloo. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank God you were actually coming into town, right? Yeah. Anyway. That's that's sort of the last travel tip, I guess, is just make sure that you know me. Uh, no, it's it's important. And and one last one I just want to throw out there. I always carry a second a second set of um, earbuds now, because if your earbuds if you lose them or uh, the battery dies on the first pair, you've always got that uh, that backup. And you know these wireless earbuds now, Gray, you can get some really inexpensive ones, like under fifty bucks, under forty bucks, under thirty now. Like get a good pair and then have kind of a backup cheaper pair, just just in case the battery dies. Exactly, yeah. And it, it's been a lifesaver for me because, you know, sometimes on these flights, you're traveling four, five, eight hours, even longer if you're going uh, over to Asia. It, it's just nice to have that, uh, you know, basically that backup. And, uh, you know, you can still watch your, your favorite uh, shows and movies on your, your tablet uh, or your phone. Make sure you tune in uh, to next week's uh, show. We have a big contest uh, starting. Uh, going to be giving uh, away some uh, cool Epson pro- product, uh, including uh, a very cool printer and a portable projector as well. Just want to follow up uh, at the end of the show here with a few stories we're following. This is kind of uh, interesting, uh, and it revolves around Apple. And so what's happening now, this is a story uh, on The Verge, uh, Apple can delay App Store changes to file a Supreme Court plea. And so the appeals court ruling that uh, would make Apple remove anti-steering rules against pointing customers to third-party payment options is on hold for a few months now because they have filed this appeal. And so what uh, essentially is happening is right now in the Apple App Store, apps can't tell people to go to a third-party app or website to, to pay for whatever service that they're selling. So for example, Netflix can't say, hey, uh, go to our website to to pay for your your subscription renewal. You've got to do it through the App Store so that Apple can get uh, a cut. So I don't know how successful this uh, will be, Gray, but uh, it's it's an interesting move. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Apple is going to have to pace the music on this one that people are going to want to pay for things in a convenient way. Um, I've run into this a couple of times where it's like, why can't I just subscribe? Oh, okay. You know, and it, it, for the 30%, like, I, I get it. There's a lot of money on the table here, but I don't know. This doesn't feel like a winning fight. 
Well, this is uh, kind of all the fallout uh, between uh, the, the court battle between uh, Epic Games and, and Apple. Epic uh, makes that very popular game, Fortnite. They don't like that uh, people who want to uh, buy stuff, you know, skins and costumes for characters on Fortnite, they have to go through the App Store to do it so that Apple gets 30%. And so Epic Games wants to point people to their own store so they don't have to give anyone a cut. Which, you know, it's been kind of an argument from a lot of app developers uh, for a while, but uh, in the court case, basically, you know, the the judge said that, um, or district court found that Apple had not violated antitrust laws with its walled, gar- with its walled garden approach to iOS. And we've, we've talked many times about this, uh, Gray. Uh, you know, some people say it's anti-competitive, but at the same time, it really has strengthened the overall security of the of the platform do you know what i mean like google on the android side it's a huge problem with uh with spam and and hackers and just kind of all sorts of malicious apps in in their google play store yeah i mean kind of looking at the system here there's sort of the the apple gets a cut of everything there is the we want to run our own payment processors and apple gets nothing it feels like there needs to be a bit of a middle ground here you know apple did build the ecosystem they did build the tools upon which most of these apps are built and so getting something you know i think is fair 30 percent on every single transaction including subscriptions eh, it's a might tougher be a bit it, much yeah it's a tougher one right because you know you look at I'm just going to use Netflix, for example. It, you know, if you buy Netflix through Apple or any of these other subscription services, Spotify, you actually pay more going through their app store. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They, they factor in the Apple cut. Yeah. So you're paying 30% more in a lot of cases. So that's that's kind of a, a pro tip for you today. If you are subscribing to some of these services like the Spotify's or Netflix's of, of the world uh, and you're doing it through Apple... You are you're paying more because Apple's getting a cut. They've got to get a cut. So the the app developers have raised the price in the Apple App Store for those ongoing subscription uh, charges. Anyway, so Apple has filed an appeal uh, on this decision about allowing app developers to point outside of uh, Apple's world to to purchase stuff or renew subscriptions. So it'll be interesting to see how that that all plays out. I don't know if they'll win that one or not, Gray, but you never know, right? Yeah. So uh, another interesting story that uh, we're following, and again, it's ChatGPT again. I know we talk about this all the time, uh, but it's an interesting feature. If you've ever used ChatGPT, when you use it, you know, you ask it uh, for, uh, you know, a recipe for four people, uh, a chicken recipe for four people, um, you know, with wine pairing and stuff like that. Once you've done that, it doesn't really remember anything about it. Do you know what I mean? Like if yeah. you ask it for another recipe, it doesn't remember that, you know, typically you are always asking for, you know, four portions. So yes. um, a new update to the uh, ChatGPT Plus, which is their subscription version, has uh, something called custom instructions. So it will now start learning stuff about you if you if you let it. It's like you can actually tell things tell it things like you're a teacher or or what have you and it will remember those things and which will help give you to this update do you yeah i've been very much looking forward to this because the idea of a persistent experience with this ai chatbot is the next level for me um the 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 ability to to have a cohesive conversation to have these facts remembered um 
this I think is where the interesting things are going to start to happen. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, they use some examples of like teachers, like a, a grade three teacher, uh, you know, asking for lesson plans and things like that. Uh, with this new feature, you know, ChatGPT can remember that, you know, this person is a grade three teacher. So when she's asking questions and lesson plans, it gives, I guess, more accurate responses. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not giving it university uh, level courses or sort exactly. of lesson plans. So yeah, yeah, it's... Um, do you use ChatGPT often? I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's 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 been uh, very interesting in uh, working on some some uh, sort of strategy stuff for my dad's business. Um, I'm also using it to help flesh out. I, I've written a couple of novels, so flesh out the plot to my next novel. And so, yeah. how do you how do you do that? Like, how does it help? I you basically with give out it a scenario, plot? and we we have a conversation about what is happening. Okay. And and I, I take plot points from it. I, I'm taking um, some characterization aspects from it. So, yeah. It's interesting. A lot of uh, people are suing OpenAI now, <laughs> saying that basically, uh, you know, the, the tool is copying a lot of their stuff. That's how it's come up with its intelligence. Like Sarah mm-hmm. Silverman, for example, the comedian, is suing them. I mean... Like my books are actually out there and could be consumed by ChatGPT. I don't think anyone's really going to be looking to write in the style of me. But oh, but how? Okay, but how would you feel like at some point if someone wrote it? If I wrote in, you know, a, a thing, hey, write me a short story in the style of uh, Gray Williams. Like this is one of these things where AI is actually also very good at keeping track of things, yeah. and uh, you know, micropayments could be made as far as royalties. <laughs> Well, no, that's interesting. Do you do you think we'll get to a point where, uh, if someone writes in, "Hey, write a short story in the style of Stephen King," do you think we'd get to a point where you know the the chat bot you're using, let's say ChatGPT, says, "I can," that will be two dollars? Yeah, I don't see why not. And then if you publish this, um, the it gets a percentage, or Stephen King gets a percentage. Yeah, that seems fair, right? It does. I don't know how they would actually build that <laughs> that into the system. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, will it get to that point where it, it does protect intellectual property? I mean, right now, they're not even sure how it's going about getting the output that it's getting. So. Well, so, you know, I'm, I'm on a few um, uh, Facebook groups, uh, you know, these text-to-image engines like midjourney.io. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many people like that are doing, you know, what the Simpsons look like if they were human or Star Wars in like uh, 1970s, you know, clothing, you know, the characters, you know, stuff like that. So those are copyrighted trademarked characters, right? And it's just spitting these things out. Yep. And believe me, Lucasfilm, Disney, they're not getting any money from that. And the artists who originally created these things are not getting any money either. It's, uh, hmm. Do you know what I mean? I need more coffee. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i just don't know where it's uh, all going okay it looks like that's all the time we have for the app show i want to give a shout out to get connected our sister program it's on uh, every saturday across the chorus radio network and we've had a great program uh this uh, week and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast version of of it uh we talk about unexpected camping tech some cool camping tech you can take with you to make it just uh, a little more fun we'll also talk about what happens when the tech company, the product you're using, they go bankrupt and it's controlled by an app or the cloud. 
Well, there's an e-bike company out of the, the Netherlands that has done just that. Where does that leave its users? And uh, we'll be looking at the top laptop work tech hacks as well. Some, uh, some gear that you can use with your laptop to make uh, it just a little more productive. So all the time we have left. I want to thank Gray and all the rest of the folks that helped put the program together. We'll see you again next time. 